If you ever want to feel like everything is right in the world, please know that both Jenna Ushkowitz and Amber Riley both have major theater awards and Leah Michelle does not. Oh, I love it. Hello and welcome to the Sing Stations podcast. I'm Eliza and we are live and in person together for the very first time. Hi, my name is Olive, and when I was nine and the show was airing, my mom had to explain the Britannia joke to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised your mom did, honestly. Yeah, so I don't think she explained it, like, in depth, because I don't think I knew what sex was at the time, but we'll get to it in the episode. We'll, we'll explain what the joke is that I didn't get. Um, so today we are talking about sectionals, which was supposed to be the last episode of Glee. Oh my god. People like people thought it was the last episode of Glee and then uh, I think Fox uh bought another 9 episodes which ends up being the latter half of season 1. But everyone thought this was where it ends. And that's why this episode is so good. <laughs> they does have pretty good finales. Yeah, I will say that. And and like all the competition episodes, the episode episodes where they're going to like a sectionals or regionals, nationals are all good. So this is where things get very heated with pretty much everyone in the cast. So. It gets real. It gets real. Um, oh yeah, quick recap. So Will has found out that Terry was faking the pregnancy and so has since left her. But because he slept on a mattress that the Glee kids took as payment for the commercial that they did, he has been disqualified from competition. So this episode opens. Uh, the Glee kids are sitting around the piano talking about who's going to chaperone them to sectionals because Will got suspended and is considered not an amateur anymore. And Rachel busts in, as she always does, and asks if anyone thought it was weird how Puck rushed to Quinn's aid last rehearsal. Quinn is also a hard name to say, and it's my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> That's on you, though. You chose that. I know. So we flash back to the rehearsal and Quinn slips and falls and Puck and Finn both rush to her aid, uh, asking like if she's going into labor? Question. I know we've asked it before, but how, how pregnant, pregnant is Quinn? Because she doesn't give birth until regionals. Yeah. This is another like nine episodes. And there's no Christmas episode this season. So we have no way of knowing like if this all happens within a semester. If this all happens within an entire school year? Who knows? Who knows? Not us. I gotta say, the faces of, like, it's, um, it's Mercedes, Kurt, Artie, and Tina, I want to say. And, like, Rachel is the only one who doesn't know. Mm -hmm. Because Mercedes found out, and then she told everyone else. Um, like, not the best move on Mercedes' part, to be fair. I mean, fair enough. But I'm willing to give her a pass on it. Also, like, I gotta say here, they're in rehearsal when Quinn falls. What are they rehearsing? Because, like, they they decide on their set list in this episode, but theoretically it's Defying Gravity, Proud Mary, and Don't Stop Believing. The choreography for Don't Stop Believing is not that intensive. They don't have wheelchairs in this scene, so they're not rehearsing Proud Mary, and it wouldn't be Defying Gravity because they're only one person sings that. So anyway... Um, Artie is quick to say, like, oh, no, like, Puck only helped her out because, like, they're friends. And Rachel says, I, I, I've never told you this before, but I'm a little psychic. I have a sixth sense. Um, and everyone's like, yeah, sure, Rachel, whatever. Everyone yeets out basically as soon as possible. And then they start a four-way call in the crowded school hallway. This is, this is one of the best 
one of the best scenes that Glee ever filmed. Ever. This is one of the most this is one of the most iconic scenes in television history. So they are discussing uh preventing Rachel from finding out about that that Puck is the father because they know that if Rachel finds out, then she will tell Finn. Yeah. Says that they should lock Rachel up up until after sectionals and volunteers his basement. And then Mercedes, of all people, says that they can't because they need her voice. The amount that they disrespect Mercedes in this episode. It's it's unbearable. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think it's funny, though, that, like, the only qualm anyone has with walking Rachel in Kurt's basement is her voice. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, no issues with, like, imprisonment or any possible... I don't know how the law works, and I refuse to learn. Yeah, what am I, a fucking law school major? Brittany and Santana join, and they ask, I guess it's, I think it's Mercedes or Tina who asks, like, Santana, you have beef in this because aren't you and Puck dating? And Santana goes, sex is not dating. And Brittany goes, if it was Santana and I would be dating. Well, yeah, and they all stop, and then they go, okay, and then move on. And it's kind of a throwaway line at this point, but it's the first inkling of, of Brittana. The thing that I think is funny is, so Mercedes, Tina, and Kurt are, first of all, are all walking in line and taking up this whole fucking hallway. Unbearable. But yeah, like, they're, but all three of them are on their phones. Brittany and Santana are on their phones directly next to each yeah. other. I don't know if you've ever been on a conference call, but those things are nightmares. I, I mean, I haven't because, like, they're kind of outdated now. People just text now. Or do, like, I don't know, um... FaceTime. Yeah. So... We cut away from that phone conversation, establishing, you know, Rachel can't find out about Puck being the father. And we cut to Emma's office. Emma is telling Will that she has pushed back the day of her wedding so that she can take the kids to sectional. Or, yes, sorry, pushed back the timing of her wedding. Um, and she, uh, he asks, you know, Ken was okay with that because obviously Will knows that Ken hates him. And she's like, yeah, yeah, like, he totally understood that I did it, that I'm doing it for the kids. I- does Ken ever come back after he breaks up with Emma? We see him, like, a handful of times, but, like, not really. They they don't bring him back, like, as a character character. Mm-hmm. Will is, of course, grateful for all this. And then we cut to Rachel approaching Quinn in the hallway and asks if she has done a full genetic test, uh, a full genetic test done on the baby that Quinn is going to give birth to because a relative of hers, Rachel's, was a carrier for Tay-Sachs. It is a real thing, and it is technically more common in Jewish ethnicities because, like, they might have... It's more common in small Jewish communities to have, like, a shared ancestors many, many, many generations mm-hmm. back. However, it's not just a Jewish disease <laughs> nowadays because nowadays people don't just live in their, like, small communities anymore. Yeah. Rachel plays this really fucking well. Yeah, it is. So she's bringing it up to Quinn... Uh, she brings it up and is like, oh yeah, my, my relative like had a baby, uh, who like was a carrier for Tay-Sachs and it was like really dangerous. And then she's like, oh no, no, wait, they only would have done the test if one of the parents was Jewish. Which Puck is, but Finn isn't. Which funnily enough, Mark Salling is not Jewish, but Diana Agron is. (laughs) But obviously, you know, Rachel brings this up because she wants to see what Quinn's reaction will be. Also, she brings it up to Puck when they are in Glee Club where anyone can hear them. They are surrounded by people. He says he can't take her tonight because he has a fight club. A good responsible dad to this baby 
and you say that I can't take one night off. I can't take my my future uh, girlfriend or wife to the doctor. The mother of my child to the doctor Mm -hmm. because I have Fight Club. Uh, Will enters this Glee Club rehearsal, introduces Emma to everyone as the chaperone, and I think it's Mercedes that asks, like, do you even know anything about music? And I I have to ask, does she have to? Because she just, they just need, like, an adult to be there, you know? Yeah. They just need, like, an adult to chaperone. Uh, And Will does, like, a little speech on how everyone's going to make him so proud, and then just leaves and mercedes asks, mercedes asks what about our set list and first of all do they not have a set list the competition is literal days away and second of all will just yeets out because i guess he's like not even allowed in their presence i guess he's not allowed to help the glee club anymore yeah like i guess technically he's not their teacher but i do want to say you know what would have been great if like you'd set your set list a bunch of weeks ago and you could have been practicing it so they agree that, like, obviously they're doing Proud Mary and Don't Stop Believing. And then Rachel is like, I would be more than happy to bring out a ballad for my repertoire. Well, I'm just so confused. Fuck off, Rachel. <laughs> I'm so confused by this because they're like, oh, no, what ballad will we do? As if they did not have an entire plot line earlier this season about them singing Divine like Gravity. four episodes ago. Yeah, literally, mo- like, days ago in Glee time about <laughs> how they're going to sing Defying Gravity at competition. Um, but Mercedes steps up and she's like, I'm tired of your shit, Rachel, which is good because me too, Mercedes. Yeah. Rachel even asks, do you honestly think you're as strong as, of a balladeer as I am? And like, yes. <laughs> and then Mercedes, to the pianist, goes, do I even need to tell you what song? Yes. yes you have to tell your accompanist what song he's going to play. And she goes, um, strings and something else, like try to keep up. And it's like, you haven't told them what song it is. So then we get... The iconic, and I am telling you. It's so good. Every Mercedes solo is peak quality so good, but one of this is one Glee cover similar to Bust Your Windows or most Mercedes solos, where you just like sit back and you enjoy it. Like, I don't even have much to say. You can see my notes here. I didn't write down that much because it's just good. Um, this is better than both of Kurt and Rachel's Defying Gravities combined. I agree. They do a full standing ovation at the end. As she deserves. As she deserves. I will note, Amber Riley did actually play the role of Effie on the West End and won an Olivier, which is like the British Tonys. Effie and Dreamgirls. Okay, thank you. Oh my god, do you not know what what show this is from? You've literally seen this movie. I know! Okay, well she played the role that sings the song on Broadway. Or not on Broadway, on the West End. So they do a full standing ovation at the end of And I'm Telling You I'm Not Going. Rachel humbly admits that the performance was amazing and rachel says it wouldn't be my first choice and i just have to say i think i'd kill myself if i had to listen to leah michelle sing this <laughs> that has the same energy as sudden foster singing and i'm telling you have what have you seen that video yes it's terrible it's god awful just the white nonsense yeah that's the only way to describe it it's white nonsense they do hug it's a nice little rachel and mercedes moment and as rachel is walking out Finn says, you know, it was really great of you to do that. As if it was Rachel's spot to give her. As Which if like wasn't. as if like Rachel owned the solo and then gave it to Mercedes. No. She obviously did better. Anyway. He starts talking about like the difficulties this year with like the pregnancy. 
and like how how he feels like if they win sectionals everything will be right and you can hear the acapella music ramping up in the background and you just know something bad's gonna happen and then rachel goes i have to tell you something (laughs) and then the commercial break was we come back and finn apparently he just walked into the glee club room apparently i guess I assume moments after the scene we just saw because they were walking out of Glee Club and now they're back in Glee Club. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently he just walked in and started punching Puck. Same. Um, and he is like demanding to hear the truth and like the acting in this Corey Monteith! Corey Monteith was made for this role. Or really this role was made for Corey Monteith. Like exactly. he's so good. Yeah. I do love, I have noted later like oh, you you lied about all that stuff in the hot tub? And Puck goes, you were stupid enough to buy it. And like you're right, Puck, but also not the time. Oh no, this man has committed the mortal sin of not knowing how sex works and trusting his girlfriend. Um, yeah, he at one point yells, no, they're both lying to me. And like, you can hear in Cory Monteith's voice, like the pain. There is a head. rasp there that is just similar to the scene last episode with Will and Terry. Mm-hmm. But like, maybe it's, I don't know what it is exactly. But, like, watching Corey play angry and betrayed doesn't feel the same as watching Matthew Morrison play angry and betrayed. I have a note on it later in this because they have the scene of of them in the locker room. But I think it's, like, an interesting, um, we talk about it in an earlier episode somewhere. Just about, like, there are similarities between Finn and Will, but the biggest difference is that Finn is a child and Will is an adult. Mm -hmm. And so they just have, they have different expectations or different reactions to things just from where they are in life. Um, Finn uh, like storms out of the room basically. And he, he has every right to be upset too, because this means that literally everyone in the Glee club knew except him. And none of them told him because, so it's also like a betrayal, not just from Puck and Quinn, but from everyone in the Glee club to know this. Also, um, someone says, who told him and kurt goes it must have been rachel and rachel goes i'm innocent and finn goes it was rachel yeah we cut to quinn sitting on the bench in the school hallway rachel comes up and says you know if you want to punch me i fully understand if you want to beat me up please just uh aim away from my nose um they're wearing the same color in this scene they're both wearing blue we love a foil we love we love a thematic parallel um and it's like the same shade of blue yeah it's similar i think they do the same in another episode with Emma and Will, where they're both wearing periwinkle. Yeah. So Quinn says that she's not mad and that Rachel just did what she was not brave enough to do, tell the truth. Uh, and Rachel admits to having selfish motives. You know, like, I thought if if I just told him, then, like, everything would be great between us instead of you guys. And Quinn it just admits to hurting so many people. And she says, I've hurt so many people. And I'm like, wow, Quinn, you think? It's almost as if you should have told Finn at the beginning of all this. And she does ask Rachel to leave because uh, she wants to be alone. But it is a very interesting, vulnerable moment. Um, Puck, he's absolutely no help. He says, I want to be with you and I want to do everything I can to be a good dad to our baby. Doubt. And she says, I, I'm going to do this on my own. I know you don't understand this, but please respect it. Um, spoiler alert, he will not. No, he, he does not. He doesn't even respect it when Ray, when Quinn gives up the baby to Shelby, and then he starts, like, hitting on Shelby. So we cut to all the Glee kids loading onto the bus. Um, now that Finn has left. Yeah, not because Finn yeeted. Uh, reasonable. Understandable yeeting. 
If they're doing Proud Mary, Jacob Van Israel doesn't know the wheelchair choreography. He's never used a wheelchair. He has no idea what's going on. Um, so then we're at sectionals, yay. And New Directions has found out that they are in the third performance slot of the three groups. And everyone's like, oh no, we're going last. And Rachel's like, no, this is good. We either want to go first or last. Because if we're first, we're the first impression in the judge's mind and everyone has to measure up. Or if we go last, then we are the last impression in the judge's mind and we're the freshest. And she says she learned that from her extensive experience auditioning in community theater. To which Finn, uh, Kurt responds, and did you get any of those parts? <laughs> and I gotta yeah. ask, did she? I mean, not really, because we no almost never see her play any like theater roles that aren't to do with the Glee Club. Um, Emma says that, you know, Emma actually seems like a good chaperone to come because she has a great optimism for the kids. Great. That's really what they need. And Mercedes is like, yeah, no reason to not go in with some positive mojo. And then we cut to the Jane Addams girls performing and I'm telling you I'm not going. Which is a fucking trip with, because that means that these girls perfected a performance of and I'm telling you I'm not going within like a day of sectionals because they just decided on this song. I don't know. what. Is, what? I don't know. It sounds good. It's not as good as Amber Riley, but it's not supposed to be as good as Amber Riley. Exactly. And as the girl is holding the last note, all the her backup dancers turn around and shake their asses because Ryan Murphy, I guess, loves to make fun of black women. Like, or because it's like, ooh, urban dance styles. It's like, can we just respect people? Thoughts? <laughs> Thoughts, Ryan Murphy? Respect? Um... They also do Proud Mary in wheelchairs, and we cut to the Glee Club in the audience, and they're like, oh, shit. It doesn't even make sense, because they don't have any members who are in wheelchairs. Like, it's stupid yeah. when McKinley does it. Like, at least they have a Glee Club member who is in a wheelchair. Also, like, for some reason, the um, Jane Addams Glee Club is way smaller than the last time we saw it. Because last time it was like 30 to 40 girls and this time it's like maybe 15. Mm -hmm. And the wheelchair choreography doesn't make sense on this stage because when we saw them do it earlier in the season, they did it on a stage with a bunch of ramps and that's what made the wheelchair choreography work. On this stage, it's just steps. I don't know. So you can't even move the wheelchairs around. <laughs> or you can move them like in place but and like back and forth a little, but you can't really like, you can't do a lot of complicated choreography. Uh, and of course, Will figures out that Sue leaked the set list. Yeah. Um, and Emma says, these kids need a leader right now. Wow. I wonder who that leader is. Oh, God, I can't imagine who. I can't imagine who possibly also will become a leader. Will is at the school, I guess, because he doesn't want to go to his apartment. But yeah, like, he can't just live at the school. Um, he walks out and confronts Sue in the hallway. And they had this iconic, iconic, <laughs> you have no proof. No proof. You were the only person who had the list. But other than that, you have no proof. Jane Lynch, if you want to be on our podcast, I will personally handwrite um, a letter of appreciation and send it to you. They have such good chemistry as enemies. Matthew Morrison and Jane Lynch together, um, unparalleled. They are literally inches from each other's face. And if Jane Lynch was not such a raging lesbian, and if Matthew Morrison did not have zero sex appeal, this would be a completely different scene. Thank God Jane Lynch is a raging lesbian. Um, Will finds Finn in the locker room, um, unloading his football stuff from the locker for some reason. Although, you know what? Maybe this is Christmas break. 
He does say football season is over. So I guess maybe it could be the end of the semester. That would make sense. Okay. Ugh. End of fall semester because that's when... Which would mean that Quinn is approximately five months pregnant because that would be like September to December. Yeah. It's the, the semester and then she got pregnant like a little bit in the summer. Yeah, that would make sense. Okay, so we've got a little bit of a timeline here. Uh, Finn asks about sectionals and Will just tells him, quote, it's pretty bad. Finn doesn't know that all the songs have been taken. So what is he supposed to take it's really bad to mean? What the, yeah, what the hell does that mean, Will? Um, and also, like, y- you know, Will is trying to kind of urge Finn to still go. And Finn says, I can't be in the same room as her without wanting to cry like a girl. I can't look at him without wanting to punch his face off. Understandable. Once again, it's a really nice scene between Will and Finn, where Will is, of course, as I mentioned, the adult. He's the more mature one. And there are parallels to, like, the amount of betrayal that they've both experienced. Um, Finn wants to know why, like, it's always on him to, like, be the bigger man mm-hmm. and, like, step up for people. And Will says, it's because sometimes being special sucks. And I just have to say, what? why is Glee obsessed with, like, you're special? I have met so many people in my life where, like, I think it's logical and reasonable to be, like, a good communicator and, like, effective and be, like, just not even not even a good friend, but just, like, a good person. Mm-hmm. And that is not obvious to some people. Yeah. It is not obvious to some people to, like... Just don't be a dick. Yeah, to not be like that. And so I think that, like, what this means is, like, yeah, it is hard to, like, kind of always do the right thing. But you're always going to be happier with doing the right thing than you would be if you were a dick like Puck. So Will ends up leaving his keys on the uh, bench in the locker room. Essentially giving this 16-year-old who, the only time we've seen him drive was when he hit the mailman. So iconic. To be fair, that was perhaps, you know, upwards of a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we cut back to sectionals. Emma uh, confronts the two directors of the other show choirs at the concession stand. Um, And also, I have her name written as Eve in this, but the character's name is Grace, because I couldn't remember the character's name. Um, And Eve, as the Jane Addams director, Grace, uh, she is feeling bad about how they lied. Emma comes up to confront them and she asks, like, aren't you ashamed of yourselves because they are educators who take care of disadvantaged kids and you're teaching them that the only way they can compete in this world is by cheating. And they obviously both deny that vehemently. They're like, how dare you accuse us? And Grace says that, you know, witting is going to mean so much to my girls and prove to them that they can do anything. And first of all, their performance of Bootylicious was amazing. Also, I mean, Glee's first set list, like, let's assume the set list leaking didn't happen. And the Glee Club was competing with the Jane Addams girls doing Bootylicious against them doing, let's say, Proud Mary. Bootylicious. Bootylicious. 100% would win. 100%. And also, the Imagine performance was really good, too. Really beautiful before the Glee kids interrupted it. Yeah. So, we cut to the deaf choir... We cut to the deaf choir performing Don't Stop Believing, and I have a fucking bone to pick. Why are they having the deaf kids sing? Because Imagine worked because it was utilizing the artistic aspect of sign language in the choreography, and it's a beautiful way of, like, connecting the music with deaf culture. But but in this, in this 
don't stop believing little bit they do well they're making the deaf kids like use their vocals and it just makes the deaf choir sound ridiculous it's like you're making fun it's not cute to make fun of a deaf person's voice ryan murphy it's not it's a bad look it's a bad look and this could have been beautiful if it was another asl performance of don't stop believing but instead they're like probably having hearing actors put on a like deaf voice um, and they make a big joke about it because the whole audience is, like, crying because it's so inspirational that the deaf kids are singing. And, like, the performance of Imagine was just way better. Again, just like Bootylicious, like, I would have... I mean, I guess that's the point, too. Like, we got to meet these Glee clubs earlier in the season. And the whole point, kind of, is that, like, these Glee clubs would have been amazing if you had just, like, given them a shot to, like, perform as they wanted to perform. Um so we cut to the green room. Yeah, we're, um, we're back in the green room. <laughs> Kurt immediately is accusing Brittany, Santana, and Quinn of leaking the set list. And Quinn is like, yes, that's 100% what we did. <laughs> Sue told us to spy and we did. Also, so they're all, they're floundering kind of. And they say, we need to go on in an hour. Is there an hour wait in between performances? There's Maybe. only three Glee Clubs performing. <laughs> I'm so confused as to why there's an hour between Glee Club performances. Um, Rachel asks if Mercedes has any other solos she wants to sing. And Mercedes is like, no, no, Rachel, you should sing. Like, you're the one who, like, has all your shit prepared. And they make Amber Riley say that Rachel is a better singer than her, which is racist. (laughs) Which is racist, homophobic, all the phobics you can be. And they say, like, okay, we'll do Somebody to Love. Um, And Puck comments that they still need a third song to sing. Because I guess they need a solo, a duet, and then a group number. Or they need need a ballad, which is in the rules. And then I... I, they need two other songs. They change it every single fucking... They change it every season. Um, Anyway, so Finn comes in. Um, He asks Mike, Matt, Brittany, and Santana to come up with the choreography because they've got an hour to rehearse. Um, and you know, he's like, we're best when we're loose. So like, we're just gonna, you know, go with this and believe in ourselves. He says, look, all we have going for ourselves is that we believe in ourselves and what we're singing about. And love that. Love that moment for him. And Puck walks up to Finn, holds his hand out asking, we cool? And Finn goes, no! (laughs) Absolutely. Like, the amount of strength this man has to not have punched him again. So we we cut, and uh, I guess the show's usher or whatever is announcing the final team. And we start with Don't Rain on My Parade, which I gotta say, as someone who like remembers watching this performance over and over when I was nine years old, like this was truly so show-stopping. And like, and I'm telling you, I'm not going is a fantastic song in this episode as well. But there was something so like breathtaking about like what's the Glee Club gonna do? Oh no, like, how are they gonna succeed? And then Rachel busts out this. And Leah Michelle really is like a mini Barbara Streisand. Yeah, she does kill this. Like, we can all say what we want about Leah Michelle as a person. We have our own opinions on that. But like, oh my God, this is an amazing it's, performance. Yeah. And like, it's like Finn said, like, what we have going is that we believe in ourselves and mm-hmm. If nothing else, Rachel Berry believes in herself. <laughs> Truly. I mean, I personally just kind of don't like the song as a song. I think you might like it better if we watched Funny Girl. You might like it better in context. I mean, maybe, but it's just like, it's very, it's one of those songs where like, I feel like it doesn't go anywhere. Like, there are better songs in Funny Girl. I think the song People is so beautiful. Uh, and I think you would probably love that. 
Um, it it is very classic Broadway, and I think it does show like the differences between Rachel and Mercedes. I probably wouldn't want to hear Ra- uh, Mercedes doing oh, "Don't Rain on My Parade," just like I wouldn't want to hear Leah Michelle doing it. I'm telling you, I'm not going. You know, like it just is what it is. Um, I get chills when she does the "I'll March My Band" and she raises her arms and the Glee Club starts descending from the aisles. Mwah. Can I just say, um, whenever I'm sitting in a theater and the performers come through the aisles. A part of me dies. Oh my god. So, uh, once uh, Don't Rain on My Parade ends, the Glee Club has entered through the aisles, so they are now with Rachel on stage. She introduces them as the New Directions, even though the guy before her already introduced them as the New Directions. And then we go into the performance of You Can't Always Get What You Want. Which is a complete bop! So good, considering they had an hour to choreograph it. Oh, absolutely. Like, this looks like a fully done, like, choreographed, like, Kurt was right. Finn, his sweet spot is a soft rock ballad. We love classic rock for Cory Monteith. It's, like, just in that sweet spot of his vocal where it's, like, a little high. It's like, ooh, we're hearing a little high notes from this guy, but it's not, like, straining. Yeah, it's not falsetto. It's, It's still, like, chest voice. It's not head voice quite. I will say they do make it into, like, a kind of duet with Corey and with uh, with Finn and Rachel, I would have liked to hear a Tina or Mercedes solo since they were both going to have one in Proud Mary. But I'm not mad. Literally halfway through the song, people are already like standing and clapping. What in the world? So we cut to the judges room. And this is one of the funniest Glee scenes in literally <laughs> all the seasons. I have it fucking memorized. Anna Camp is so iconic in this scene. Um, one of the judges is a local beauty contest uh, fifth runner-up, I believe, played by Anna Camp. Uh, one is Rod Remington of Sue Sylvester's boyfriend fame. And the other is the secretary of the person who was supposed to show up. And, and she's not here for any of this. She knows, knows nothing about Glee Club, does not give a shit about this. None of them know anything about Glee Clubs, really. Um, Rod, of course, loves the Jane Addams girls because he's a creep. Also, Rod Remington says that he was at Altamount Speedway when that guy got stabbed in 69. The actor was born in 1959, which, assuming that the character and actor are approximately the same age, it means he was 10 years old when he got, saw that guy get stabbed. No wonder he can't get it out of his head. Just like, fun fact, I guess. And <laughs> I forget what the third judge's name is, but she's the secretary lady, and she's like, Listen, I don't care about any of this. If I had to pick a group, I hated the least. And we cut out of the judges' room. The New Directions are, like, listening in the hallway. Grace from the Jade Adams School comes up and says, you guys were all amazing. Claims that she's going to go into the judges' room and tell them all about the cheating. But the judges walk out, and she just does nothing. She could have stopped him. She could have been like, no, this is important. You need to know this. Yeah. So we cut... So the judges have, like, already left. They don't want to listen to Grace. They've made their decision. And then we cut into Emma getting dressed, or Will getting dressed for Emma's wedding back at his apartment. And Terry comes home early from work. It's very uncomfortable. Terry says she's been seeing a therapist at the community center. Um, it, it, good good for her. A little, a, a bit too little too late, hon. Well, and, like, Will doesn't really react to that. He's like, okay, good for you. And she's like, Well, you know, don't you see, like, I'm taking responsibility, like, I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to be doing, don't you want me back? And he's like, no. And, like, it's so cold and completely understandable, similar to the the Finn and Puck situation. 
completely understandable that you don't trust this she person. She does not I, deserve a second chance. And I, like, I know I've said in other episodes too, like, I do think there was a point where Will and Terry's marriage was salvageable. Like, marriage counseling can do a lot to save a marriage. Yeah. Therapy in general can do a lot. We are a pro-therapy podcast. Apart from the baby stuff, I think at this point, Will has come to recognize in Terry all of her abusive traits for not just, like, the episodes of the show that have happened, but, like, all the years of her their marriage. Yeah. Will uh, walks into the reception of Emma's wedding, and no one is there. I mean, maybe they're getting married in the... No, I think it's the reception, because... Well, you know what? It's weird, because... They've established in many jokes in earlier episodes that Emma didn't want people coming to the wedding. So why is there, like, a whole reception hall set up with, like, many tables? Who knows? Maybe they were just like, yeah, we're gonna have the wedding here, and then, like, wherever here is, they were like, okay, set up for a wedding, and then they have their wedding set up. Um, Um, Apparently, Ken has completely dumped Emma. Uh, Apparently, he dumped her back when Emma said that she was gonna push back the wedding to go to sectionals because Ken knew Mm -hmm. you're just doing this for Will. Um, And so really the whole wedding has been canceled. You know, I guess if guests did show up, they just left. Um, Yeah. um, Will says, but I thought you said he was doing it. You were doing it for the kids. And she will, you fucking idiot. Um, (laughs) He says, I wasn't doing it for the kids. I was doing it for you. And she says, I was settling for him a wink of your eye and I would have been gone. Uh, and she tells Will that she has resigned from McKinley. Because she can't go on seeing Ken without feeling ashamed, and she can't go on seeing Will without feeling things. And Will seems to consider for a moment, like, entering into a relationship. And he goes, I just left my wife. And Emma goes, yeah, you just, just left your wife. wife. Uh, Will, go to therapy, maybe. Will, go to therapy! Oh my god, go to therapy! Ben will literally be Will Schuster instead of going to therapy. We cut into Figgins' office, and Sue finally gets the book thrown at her. We've been building up to this all season. Uh, Figgins obviously has mountains of evidence to prove that Sue was trying to destroy the Glee Club and leaked the set list, which is also, like, uh, the judges don't ever find out about it, but really is a big danger because if, like, Ohio show choir boards found out about it, it would have gotten the other two schools disqualified, which is, like, a huge deal. Yeah. I guess. And Sue expects Figgins to, like, wrap it up and, like, you know, give her a slap on the wrist, but he says, no, you are suspended from the school, and you are no longer coach of the Cheerios. Figgins says that she is just, uh... I forget the... He's, he says that, like, she's sullied the name of William McKinley, and she goes, a failed president! And he goes, please, the greatest president who ever lived! Apparently, Figgins has also contacted the Ohio Show Choir Board and, I guess, like, explained the situation about Will and got Will reinstated as the Show Choir Director, so yay. But also, you couldn't have done that earlier? Question mark? So Sue ends up confronting Will in the hallway. The sheer malevolent energy emanating off this woman. Why has she not played a Disney villain? Why has Jane Lynch not played the witch in Into the Woods? Oh my god, she would have been so good in the Into the Woods movie. I'm very sorry, Meryl Streep, but I would have rather seen Jane Lynch in that oh my role. God, she would have been so good. Um, she claims that he has just woken a sleeping giant and that he should prepare to be crushed. And honestly, considering all the stuff Terry has just put him through, kind of feel like nothing compares. Yeah, maybe let him heal a little bit from all the Terry stuff and then try to attack him. Because I feel like 
he's at pretty rock bottom right now. Yeah. Um, so we cut into the Glee Club and we find out that the New Directions won sectionals. They have this big trophy. Will says that, you know, this has been great, but we need to get started on regionals. Time for regionals. I fucking beg to differ because I bet they'll do the exact same thing where they just don't decide on the songs until days before. And it's, yeah. But they say, no, no, no. First, we put together, since you could weren't there to see us perform in person, we put together a number we want to show you. And they go in to My Life Would Suck Without You by Kelly Clarkson, and this slaps so hard. It's so good. It's so cute and adorable. And my mom did not let me listen to this song as a kid because it had the word suck in it. Bit of an issue off the bat, because they have Kurt doing the girls' choreography, and for some of it, it makes sense because I think they just needed... They're doing little snippets of all the choreography well, they've done from earlier no, in the season. So, so not yet, though. At the beginning of it, they split into two groups, and they're having the boys do one line and the girls do another line, and they have Kurt in the girls' group. Brian Murphy, I hate you. And so for later in the choreography, it makes sense because, like, okay, we need only a certain number of people on one side of the stage, or we need, you know, this number of people in the line... Or, like, they do the little single lady. They before, like, Artie does, like, the wheelchair rock back and forth. They do the single ladies. Um, we do, we get Britney's hairography again. Yeah, they, they have Kurt, Kurt do the girls' choreography at first. I hate it here. So, yes, the performances also intercut with little scenes of Emma packing up her office to leave. And Will is running through the hallways dramatically to catch up to her at the very last minute. And right as she's about to leave, he finally sees her lit by the evening sun and runs up to her and kisses her and honestly a really beautiful song to choose because of the way that emma has like supported him through the season yeah and the way that they've grown as uh characters together but also like well you you, you just left your also, wife did you not just have a scene where emma was like mm, maybe we shouldn't enter into a relationship we literally, we literally don't you- see their reactions like the, they kiss they pull apart and we get like a half second of like she smiles and then we're we're done and then the and then the season ends because this was supposed to be the end of the season or the end of the series, really, because they weren't sure if the series was going to get picked up. Um, I just want to say the fact that, that never got used as a competition number, crime. Yeah, crime. That was one of the best numbers that the Glee Club has ever done. It's hard to choose a favorite song this episode. Mine is "My Life Would Suck Without You." I think so. Here's the thing: I feel bad not picking, and I'm telling you, I'm not going. Because Mercedes kills that song so hard. She deserves to have performed it. Uh, Amber Riley, as I said before, played the role of Effie in Dreamgirls on Broadway, on the West End, and is an amazing singer, performer, actress. I think my favorite is Don't Rain on My Parade, though. I knew you'd say that. I'm, I'm so sorry. I promise I'm not a Leah Michelle stan. I just, I love Funny Girl as a musical, and like the way this song influenced me as a kid like i cannot let go of it it's so good i love it so much um worst song this episode there's not really a bad song this episode i guess i mean like it's not a full song but i hate the fact that they made the deaf kids sing along to don't stop believing just for the cheap joke of like haha deaf people can't sing yeah yeah there's not really a worst song this episode so uh with that said um it is time for our reoccurring Bits are we bit. Ooh, don't lose your head from six. I love that. Don't worry, don't worry, don't lose your head. I didn't mean to hurt anyone. Ooh, I'm I'm torn. So I do think Leah Michelle could have done a good job with this. I don't think she would have played the character very well, but like she would have sung it decently. I think Tina could have done a good job with it. 
I would have loved to see this is a Tina song. Yeah. yeah. Um, She's and- got the attitude. I don't know if they would have been able to do a plot that has to do with don't lose your head is the thing. They would have had to do it like like Grease or like... Um, they would have had to do a full six-themed episode. Rocky Horror. Yeah, they would have done all the songs, which, I mean, they could have done. I would not be mad. Um, Heather by Conan Gray. Do you know that one? You like It's a fucking Kurt song. Oh, you know it's a fuck. It's this season when he has a crush on Finn and Finn's with Rachel. I, I wish I was Heather. God damn it. I hate it here. I, ha- I hate how they would have made Kurt sing about how he wants to be Rachel when really we should all want to be Kurt. So that's the end of our podcast, really. We will do a fun episode after this. We'll probably wait a bit until we go into the next episode, which is Hello. But that's when we... When we get a little bit more into, like, the actual lies, lives of the Glee kids, because, like, we focused on plot so much in this, like, first segment of the season. Because this, like, first, what, 13 episodes um, was Glee's, Glee's attempt, like, needing to prove that they were worth the studio's money. Whereas now, they don't have to prove themselves quite so much, and they can just do whatever. Just like the McKinley High Glee Club. Just like the McKinley High Glee Club. And with that, thank you so much for listening to our show. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at SingSationsPod. That is S-I-N-G-S-A-T-I-O-N-S-P-O-D, a.k.a. the name of the podcast you're listening to right now. Um, Say nice things to us, to the Apple Podcasts gods. Um, Or just, like, uh, write a letter, attach it to a rock, and throw it through our windows. (laughs) 